0: Get started at Angie.com. That's A N G I. Or download the app today.
2: <clears> hmm. <throat> well, hey there, friend.
1: Welcome to Drew Blood's Dark Tales. <laughs> hey, you gotta hear this one. Uh, how do you get a Texas man to do sit ups? You move his beer out of reach. Good. <laughs> hey, Chester, you love this one. Uh,
2: How do you get a Texas man to fuck an alligator? Easy. You just... All right now, goddammit. Who in the f... Jeff? What in the hell are you doing in here, man? Oh, uh, nothing. Just uh, checking the buttons and stuff. Didn't I tell you not to mess around with this shit? You turn those knobs too much and I'll end up sounding funny. Hey, uh, you know, somebody must have been playing with your knobs last night, I think. Huh? Why do you say that? Well,
1: I was just walking by, and I swear I heard some pretty funny sounds coming out of here.
2: Oh, right. Uh, uh, Well, sometimes a man needs his knob adjusted, that's all. Hmm. And you need three audio engineers for
1: that? Where'd you find those gals, anyway? Flexible hours, huh? Huh?
2: Oh, uh, very flexible. Uh, alright, so smoke them if you got them and drink those glasses to the bottom, friends. Because old Drew Blood has a tale to tell. You'll understand one day, little buddy. I promise. Hang in there. This is Season 1, Episode 19 of Drew Blood, Dark Tales. You're listening to the standard edition of the program. If you'd like to show support, and enjoy ad free versions of this and all our other episodes, as well as hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating back to 2012. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu, and sign up today to get instant access from our friends at Chillin' Tales for Dark Nights. Thank you for your support. Got a story or two you'd like to hear on the show, send it to DrewBloodHover at gmail.com. If accepted, you'll get the full treatment. Drew Blood, it's what's for dinner. (laughs) Well, tonight we've got a very special episode for you. Not like a very special episode of a sitcom where someone gets fingered and there's no music at the end. Nothing like that. It's episode five of the Split Tail Files, in which model sheriff Ron Ball single-handedly upholds law and order in the illustrious town of Split Tail. Well, single-handedly at first, anyway. In any case, from author Jeff Sturtevant, I give you Goat's Welcome. You know, they say the true measure of a man's wiener is by the woman who loves him. Now, I'm not sure if that was Confucius or Socrates or any of the other great philosophers of our time, but one thing is undeniable. Dingle must have been doing better than I thought in that respect, because he he'd hooked himself a good one. Now, good, you understand, is an objective term. If we're speaking even-handed here, it might be better to call her a biggin'. Either way you put it, it's safe to say Dingle had found himself a stable companion. Now, that's not to say I have much confidence in Yolanda's stability as a companion, per se. Just that if you saw the two of them standing next to each other, there'd be no doubt she's the more stable of the two. In other terms, you'd sure as hell never see them playing seesaw together. And before you accuse me of making a euphemism right there, let me assure you, as High Sheriff of Tail, you'll never hear an uncouthness like that out of me. Nor a swear, nor a lie, nor a discouraging word, nor a smart remark, nor an unsmart remark, nor a remark at all, nor a run-on sentence. Because with just one solitary man tasked with maintaining law and order in Splittail, there's no time at all for impertinence. Particularly when your deputy's spending the day traversing the dark continent. Dipping his wick into forbidden wax, and if I had to wager on it, probably eating at the Y, too, doing all sorts of unsavories, none of which I'm willing to discuss here. In any case, the seasons were changing in split tail. This time of year, when the humble townsfolk make macabre their modest plots of land, string skeletons to dangle clicking and clacking from their tinny fixtures in the imminent winter's breeze. When dormant plots crawl with plasticine fingers and morbid baubles. When undead little gnomes haunt their sparse gardens. When chipped and weathered lawn jockeys hold aloft their lightless lanterns and lament their vitiligo. When stuffed soldiers cast long serrated shadows warning away crows with their stalwart stillness and Oshkosh-Begosh regimentals. Over a darkened landscape toothed with cardboard tombstones, spray-painted silver whereon the moon swirling in its smoky shrouds brings morbid messages to light. Here lies a man who held in his farts. He held them and held them and held them since March. Yes, sir, that's right. It was Halloween season. Now that's not to say it was precisely Halloween because Halloween was a couple months ago. It's just to say most people were too lazy to clean up their decorations. The radio had been quiet that day And with Dingle having what he called a personal day, and me all by my lonesome, I was feeling a little just like that, lonesome. I thought I'd pay a visit to Mr. Laundry's new saloon, make sure the old fellow was staying on the up and up, the straight and narrow, if you like that better. Because you see, if there's one thing I've learned in over two decades of law enforcement, it's this. Some people, while narrow as they may appear, you could never take their straightness as a given. Some people you just gotta keep an eye on. I pulled up in front of Laundry's new saloon around noon. There were three motorcycles parked in front which said to me the place was relatively hopping. Where there had once hung a help wanted sign, there was now one that said, goats welcome. Now, there was probably some kind of law that cautioned against welcoming goats into fine establishments like this one, but if that were the case, I'd not been made aware of it. Inside the swinging doors, it smelled immediately welcoming to a goat. Laundry had quite the aesthetic in place. The former shoe store had retained not only its barn door bar and tables, but its original shoe store decor. Here and there, the left member of some long discontinued boot sat on a shelf, used as a bookend or decorated with a plastic daisy. By the bar stood the little black goat with the fancy white beard, contentedly nibbling on an L.A. gear sneaker. And if the FFA-certified show goat Liberace had been put upon since that day back at Laundry's farm, you couldn't tell by looking at him. I went over and pat Libby on the head, and Mister Laundry came out polishing the glass with an old shoe shine rag. Well, afternoon, Sheriff. Afternoon, there, Laundry. I just thought I'd pop by and check you were being compliant with all the regulations and whatnot. Regulations, Sheriff.
1: Um, no one ever told me about
2: any regulations. Well, to be honest, no one had ever told me about any regulations either. But as High Sheriff of Split Tail, it wasn't anyone's place to tell me what was regular and what was not. As High Sheriff, I was inherently the arbiter of regularity. That in mind, I wiggled my mustache a little, just to let Laundry know he'd better be extra cooperative. Ignorance of the law excuses not, I said. A phrase so old they invented it in Latin. See, there's no personal days when it comes to law and order. Not in America. Not in Latin America. So, when you're ignorant of the law, as high sheriff no less, well, let me put it this way. If there's just one thing I've learned in all my years of law enforcement, it's this. Sometimes you just gotta wing it. Speaking of personal days, I thought it'd be extra nice of me to update the deputy on the current state of affairs just then. Personal as the day may be, I imagine law and order still had to be the first thing on his mind, maybe second in fact, because me out here all by myself the way I was, it had to be weighing pretty heavily on him. When you really think about it, he must have been worried sick. I held up a finger for Laundry to wait a minute, then flipped open my phone and dialed Dingle. It rang a few times, then he picked it up. Sheriff? Well, hey there, Deputy. How's your personal day? Or is that too personal a question? Well, I'm pretty busy, Sheriff. I'm 1023 at Laundry Saloon, Deputy. Just making sure Laundry here is in compliance with all the regulations. And I thought you ought to know all about that. Just so you wouldn't worry too much about me, all alone out here like I am. So how you doing? Well, I'm
1: actually kind of... Come back to bed, baby. I ain't done with you yet. Uh, I
2: really gotta go, Sheriff. Well, goddamn, I hung up. It was good to put Dingle's mind at ease. I turned to Laundry. Well, as I said, Mr. Laundry, every business around here has to stay in compliance with regulations. Now, I'm not going to tell you I know all the regulations by heart, because I guess I probably don't. But if there's one thing I've learned in all my years of law enforcement, it's this. The police instinct is always correct, and I know what's regular and what's not when I see it. We both glanced down at Liberace then. The goat bleated. (laughs) Hmm. Nothing against your nice goat here, Mr. Laundry. But this is going to cost you $10, or the equivalent.
1: Uh, The equivalent, Sheriff?
2: Well, I'm not trying to run you out of town, Laundry. I'm far too benevolent for that. I'm only suggesting my benevolent willingness to accept a beer in lieu of said penalties. And maybe an order of mozzarella sticks. Oh, is that equivalent? Well, naturally, Sheriff. I patted Liberace on the head while he chewed his sneaker and Laundry went off to fetch me a beer. Now, before you go accusing me of drinking on the job, let me shut that down real quick. Because a couple of right guy lawmen like me and Dingle, well, me anyway... You'd sooner catch me wearing a tutu than to lose charge of my faculties. And that's to say, you just wouldn't see it. I don't know about Dingle, but that sure as hell goes for me. Just then, that's when I noticed a cluster of fellas sitting at the table on the other side of the bar. Sitting kind of hunched over in a way a cluster of fellas might do, under their personal little cloud of cigarette smoke glowing funny colors from the neon boot sign that said open. Which I noted as another violation, seeing as the sign was inside and clearly a redundancy. Here you go now, sir, Laundry said. My apolog, apolog- sorry for the
1: violation.
2: The young captain handed me a green bottle. The fumes emanating from within smelled like a skunk's underpants, but I couldn't be bothered with quality assurance at the moment. There was something hinky about that cluster of fellas over there, and as the lodestar of justice in these parts, I guessed it was my duty to go over and have a looky. I pulled out my fancy cell phone and dialed the deputy. It rang three times, and he picked it up. What, Sheriff? Deputy, I've got some hinky looking brunos at 12 o'clock. I'm going in to investigate. Just wanted to keep you informed, just in case you were getting worried about me out here all by myself. So don't worry at all, Deputy. The lodestar of justice shines bright. Baby, is
1: that the Sheriff again? Ain't you tell him you was busy? Sheriff, I really gotta go.
2: Worry not, far, Deputy. You know, if there's one thing I've learned all these years, it's... Well, the phone went dead just then. The signal around here can be tenuous at times. I approached the table, unsurprised to see the men were playing cards. Texas Hold'em by the look of it. There was a small pile of money between them which was indicative these fellows were either going over their joint finances or gambling. Well, hey there, gentlemen, I said. You know, I couldn't help but notice you fellows were playing cards there. I also couldn't help but notice there was a little bit of money on the table there too. Now, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I nearly thought for just a second the three of you might be gambling, but only for a second, you understand, because that would be illegal, and you fellas just look so darn refined and sophisticated and downright law-abiding. It seemed to me that'd just be completely impossible you three would do something like that. And I thought to myself, well, there's just no way on God's green earth you were breaking the law all three of you at once furthermore because that would be just unthinkable especially in a nice little town like this all three men glared at me just then and i don't believe i recognized any one of them the two looked a little like hall and Oates, only if hall had spent a few years in the can and Oates right along with him. and the third fella might have been Oates's little brother only with the skull tattooed on his neck Something I wouldn't expect from Oates' little brother, if he did indeed have one, that is. Come to think of it, maybe they didn't really look like and notes at all. But then the Hall one turned his cards face down and kind of raised an eyebrow at me. You got a whole lot of nerve, he said. You know, the last time I went mano a mano with one of you goons, I had him dancing on his knees so can the war of words and tell me what you want well talk about being out of touch you know if there's one thing i've learned in all my years of law enforcement it's this crime pays which is pretty much why people do it but what did i want he asked all i'd hoped for was to check in on old mr laundry and test a few mozzarella sticks hmm well, I'm not sure this is about what I want, Mr. Carchart. It's more about what I do. You some kind of local yokel or something? <laughs> this earned a few chuckles from the rest of the band, and suddenly I knew what Dingle meant by the word undignified. Well, goddamn, I said. Can't you tell by my outfit what I am? I mean, I thought for just a second that you two were hauling oats, but then I saw your outfits, and I thought to myself, now those two probably aren't hauling oats at all. So the way I see it, you should all be able to tell by my outfit that I'm High Sheriff of Split Tail.
1: Could be a silly costume.
2: <laughs> the oats-looking guy said. That's right, said Hall. Maybe like the rest of this shit old town, you seem to think it's still goddamn Halloween and shit. "'Well, I suppose it could be,' I said. "'I suppose that's truly a possibility, "'even though this here is a genuine zinc-aluminum alloy badge. "'And you'd be hard-pressed to find one of those at a costume shop. "'Harder-pressed than Dingle's tan pants. "'Just the mention of Dingle made me remember he wasn't with me. "'Reminded me I was on my own, "'just a lone star in the night sky, immersed in the darkness.' Which was ironic, because Dingle was probably immersed in the darkness himself, drilling for rare earth minerals in the forbidden preserves of Yolanda. And I pictured his tan pants would need to be pressed again before he were even much help to me. You got a lot of nerve, Hall said, coming in here with your alloy badge and your outfit. You know, the last time one of the U County Mounties tried to bust up my game. I gave him grounds for separation. I can't go for that, you understand? Well, hold on, Mr. Card Shark there. I'm not making a formal accusation you threw your gambling illegally in Mr. Laundry's saloon here. Same as I'm not accusing you and you there of being hollow notes. I'm merely suggesting it appears that way. And last I checked, a little clarification on the matter is pretty well within my purview. The three men shot me a look at once, and I imagined what Gomez must have felt like when Bill Murray and the other two shot their lasers at him. Hall spoke up. I don't know nothing about a purview, Mr. High Sheriff City Kitty. Around here, it's pay to play. So the way I see it, you got two choices. Try your luck going through the motion. Or sit your ass down and pony up. Do what you want. Be who you are. But whichever way you choose, I'm watching you. Well, at that moment, I was glad I'd left my shades down. Now, I'm not a proud man, mind you. But I am just about the finest, most diligent, most upstanding officer of the law you can find. And if all my years as such have taught me just one thing, it's this. Sometimes you have to pivot a little to get to where you mean to go, even if you're not quite sure where that is. So what's it gonna be, High Sheriff of Split Tail? You want in? Or are the two of us gonna head outside and walk our twenty paces? Well, goddamn, I said. You saying you want to challenge me to a duel? some things are better left unsaid he pulled a seat out from the table and turned it toward me a little 20 bucks to buy in 20 paces to buy the farm (laughs) (laughs) farm. (laughs) chuckles all around none for me mind you because there's nothing all that funny about this level of hinkiness in a nice place like split tail a place whose welcome sign declares Split Tail, an upstanding community. And furthermore, underneath where it says Public Officials Prohibited from Dueling. That in mind, I found myself in a sticky situation. So I set my skunky beer on the table and sat down. I fished a 20 out of my pocket and tossed it on the pile. Hall gave me a hinky little grin. His teeth looked like he had had the same diet as Laundry's goat. He slid me a stack of chips. No limit hold'em's the game. Ante's a buck. And just like that, I'd become filthy. You know, if there's one thing I've learned in my years of public service, it's this. Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Laundry came sauntering over just then with a tray of refreshments, including my mozzarella sticks. He seemed surprised at first, then relieved when he saw the chips in front of me.
1: Well, I'll be, Sheriff, and I was worried you were going to give them trouble, them and me both.
2: Now, now, Mr. Laundry, now why would I do something like that over something as harmless as a little card game? It ain't like these fellows are making any trouble, are they? Putting upon your goat or whatnot? Well, no, Sheriff.
1: It's nothing at all like that. It's just a little harmless card game, like you said. Hell, if it weren't for me allowing a card game every once in a while, I'm not sure anyone would come by her at all. I'd go right out of. I'd go right out of
2: business. The goat bleated in agreement. Moses' little brother finished shuffling the cards. He dealt out two to each of us, face down. Then he cut the deck and burned one. Then he threw down the flop, three of hearts, five of hearts, and an ace of clubs. The men thumbed up their cards and had a little looky. I had a looky at my own, a four and a six both hearts. Well, goddamn! I said, and the three men leveled their eyes on me like I'd just coughed up a coronavirus. "'My intuition says you've got a lot to lose,' the hall guy said. "'Not one for foolish pride. "'That right?' Well, I wasn't about to say if it was or it wasn't. And with my shades down the way they were, there was nothing to see in the mirrored lenses but their own dumbfoundedness. Meanwhile, Oates tossed in two chips, and then it was to me. I took another little look under my cards... Then went ahead and matched him. All in What's-His-Face did too. What's-His-Face turned over the next card, an ace of spades. I watched everyone check their cards again. Could be one of them had an ace himself. Could be all of them did. Hmm, if there's one thing I'd learned in all my years of law enforcement, it's you never can tell what a fella's got up his sleeve. And that goes double for a fella like these three. Oates pushed a whole bunch of chips in then. He counted them up and made two piles of five. Ten dollars. Enough for a beer and a sandwich. Or an osteopathic massage. Righteous bucks.
1: (laughs) Heh, that's ten to you there, Mr. High Sheriff.
2: (laughs) Well, goddamn, I said. Give me just a second, would you? I pulled out my phone and called Dingle. It took him a few rings, but that's probably because he was having such a personal day and all. Sheriff? Well, hey, Dingle. Just a little question for you. Say there's a three of hearts, a five of hearts, and an ace of clubs on the table. And some hinky-looking fellas bet ten bucks he's got a better hand than you do. How would you handle that, Deputy? You playing poker, Sheriff? Well, I figure since you're doing all sorts of poking today, Deputy... Poking and prodding and probably eating at the Y too. I figured I might as well have some fun myself. What the hell he just say, baby?
1: Nothing. Well,
2: what kind of hand do you got? Well, I can't tell you that, Dingle. If I tell you what kind of hand I've got, then all these fellas here will hear me say it. And then they'll know what kind of hand I've got. The men were glaring at me so close now, I thought I knew what a shaving mirror felt like.
1: Well, then why are you bothering me, Sheriff? This is supposed to be my personal
2: day. Well, there's ten clams on the line here, Dingle. Maybe that's not a whole lot to you, being a big-shot deputy and all. But I'm just a lowly high sheriff, out here all by myself. A man estranged. A man forsaken. Can't you turn off that phone, baby? Bits to you, city kitty, said the hall-looking fella. Now you just wait a second, Mr. Card Shark, while I consult with my... Then, wouldn't you know it, the line went dead again. I put the phone back in my pocket, wiggled my mustache to re-center myself. A man abandoned. Well, goddamn, I muttered. We don't got all day, Barney, said the hall-looking fella. You in, or you out? Well, completely surrounded by no help at all this particular day, I had nothing to rely on but my own police intuition. You know, if there's one thing I've learned in all my years of law enforcement experience, it's this. Sometimes a man's got to make his move. I'm all in, I declared and nudged my chips forward. Then for effect, I stuck a mozzarella stick in my teeth like a cigar. Somewhere on the high seas, a ship sailed. A solitary star blazed in an empty sky. A lone wolf howled at the moon. A goat bleated. (laughs) That last one was Liberace. The rest were kind of metaphorical. It was a minute or two before Hall broke the silence and my reverie along with it. You don't got a goddamn thing, do you, Sheriff Smart Guy? Well now, I said, I certainly do have something, Mr. Hucklebuck. I guess it's just your job to decide what that might be. Another pause while the men weighed their risks and rewards. Finally, Hall said... I don't want to play those guessing games with you, Smokey Bear. He folded his cards. The others followed, and wouldn't you know it, suddenly I had enough extra cash for an osteopathic massage. It occurred to me then that I might even have a method going. An M-E-T-H-O-D method. The hall fella glared at me while he put the deck back together and started shuffling for the next hand. What'd you have there, Smokey? You can tell me. Well, goddamn, I said. I've been so busy stacking these chips up, I just completely forgot. Ain't that something, Mr. Hucklebuck? Listen here, city kitty. Hold'em's a gentleman's game. Same as a good old duel. Promise ain't enough. We understand each other, Sheriff Smart Guy. Well, I think we sure do, I said. I think we're both speaking exactly the same language. Now, I'm not sure about Mr. Oates over there, but you and me. I think we're precisely communicado.
1: Well, shoo!
2: The Oates fellow muttered at his diminishing pile of chips. The third man still hadn't said a word. Hall dealt out the next hand and turned over the flop. A king of hearts, a king of diamonds, and a four of diamonds. And everyone but the silent fellow had to whistle. Well, goddamn, I said. I'm definitely winning this one. Since I hadn't even peeked at my cards yet, I guess the other fellas didn't take me seriously. Probably thought I was just some country bumpkin who didn't know my way around the card table. Well, maybe there was some truth to that. But I knew something they didn't know. And that was I had a method. So, just for formality's sake, I had a little looky. Not that it mattered much, with my method and all. Nothing at all, Hall said. That's what you got, Sheriff Shitweasel. He knocked on the tabletop with his knuckles. If you say so, fella, I said. Although, if we're laying our proverbial cards on the table here, I gotta tell you, calling me Sheriff Shitweasel is bad sportsmanship, especially when you're sitting right here next to me smelling like a goddamn poopy pants. (sighs) All started to stand up just then, but oats went and popped in. Shoo!
1: Now, there's no need for any silliness, fellas. Let's not spoil the nice game here.
2: <sighs> he called me a goddamn poopy pants.
1: Well, let's just settle down. No sense being silly.
2: The goat bleated across the room. Paul slowly sat down, keeping a stinky eye on me the whole time. What's-his-face took another look at his cards and checked. Oates did the same, and when it got to me, I took another little look myself just to keep up appearances. Not that it mattered much on account of my new method. And in accordance with my new method, I slid my whole mess of chips right in the middle. I'm all in, Mr. Fuckstick. So what say you to that? Oh, you stinking son of a bitch. What kind of shit you think you're pulling? Oh, sure, he could have king, Oat said. (sighs) You know what I think. I think he's full of more shit than the bartender's damn goat. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Mr. Poopy Pants. I said. I mean, that's certainly a possibility, but then again, maybe not. Hall was grinding his teeth now. <sighs> You're all talk, ain't you, you rotten cop? You don't got a damn thing, do you? That what you think? I asked. Well, hold on just a second. It just so happens I've got my very own character reference. I dialed Dingle and pressed the speaky phone button so everyone could hear him. It took him a few rings, but I knew he'd pick up. If there's one thing I knew about my fire deputy, it's this. He's as faithful as an old dog. I'd recently learned a few other things about him, too. But as I explained, we don't have to go into them here. Sheriff? Dingle? These fellas I'm playing poker with right now, they think I'm bluffing. So tell me, deputy, have you ever known me to dissimulate my great natural luck? Or maybe I was just born with a turtle up my ass. What do you think, Dingle? Ain't I just as lucky as luck can get? Is that the sheriff again, baby?
1: Can't I just get some dick in here? Well, sure, sheriff. I'd say you were a pretty lucky duck. But I really gotta go.
2: Well, you go ahead, deputy. I just needed a little clarification for my new friends. You see, one of them here, who kind of smells like he did the funky worm through a fertilizer factory, he thinks I might be bluffing. You prick bastard. You're lucky is right. You're lucky I don't. See, he just thinks I'm whistling Dixie 'cause because I went all in on the flop. But you know better, don't you, Dingle? You know I can take care of business all by myself out here with three hinky-looking bikers who most certainly have guns on them. You know I'd never play fast and loose with a few fellas like that, don't you? Uh, right, Sheriff. That's right. So you just go on enjoying your personal day, and I'll just keep soaking these hinky brunos for everything they're worth. And don't you worry, Dingle, because your job is as safe as safe can be. As long as I'm safe, that is because just as every town needs a sheriff to ensure its safety, every sheriff needs a deputy to do the same for him. And that's why the sheriff's deputy is the keystone of all law and order, because at the end of the day, it all comes down to him. I say verily, Dingle, the weight of all that responsibility has got to be one hell of a load on your shoulders. It's no wonder at all you need to take a whole entire day off to roll around with your girlfriend. Doing all sorts of unspeakable, unsavory, who knows what. Well, I
1: didn't mean it to be like that, Sheriff. I just wanted to... Baby, what's that Sheriff telling you? Why you look nervous, baby?
2: What the hell you up to, city kitty? So what say, Dingle? Do you think I'm bluffing? Here, tell these hinksters here that I mean just what I'm saying. Well, it seemed like the second I asked the question, the line went dead again. And my new friends were no closer to the answer I was hoping to give them.
3: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need.
0: We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.
2: Just suspicious with their hinky little peepers all pointing my way. Hell, for a second there, I felt just like a purdy fashion model. You're bluffing, Flatfoot. It's written all over your ugly face. I dare say, Mr. Shit-Dick, I didn't get to where I am by having an ugly face. And as far as bluffing, how about you see my bet there and you'll find out just whether I'm bluffing or not. Because if there's one thing I've learned in all my gambling experience, Mr. Butt-Pirate, it's this. Money talks and bullshit walks. Ain't that right, stinky britches? Ain't that just as right as rockin'. If I hold this goddamn hand, Mr. City Kitty, I wanna see what the hell you're holdin'. You understand me? Now hold on there, Stinky. Those ain't the rules. I don't care what the damn rules are, high stick. If I fold these cards, I wanna see yours. And if not, well, it's just about high noon right now, ain't it? Shoo! Another silly duel! That's right. So what do you say, City Kitty? If I fold this hand, you are gonna show me what you got? Or are we gonna take this outside? I can't go for that, I said. No can do. You see, because the way I see it, that just ain't fair. Who said the world was fair? The hall guy said. You're out of touch, City Kitty and I'm just about out of time. So what's it gonna be? You gonna show me those cards, or are the two of us going all in? What do you say, you filthy so-called sheriff of whatever the fuck you are? All three of the fellas seemed suddenly aware of their holsters, kind of shifting around in case things got past the point of hinkiness. It seemed the pickle I was in had gone from half-sour to kosher deal. And if I didn't handle things carefully from here on, I might find myself in a pile of relish. Hmm. Well, all right, my odoriferous friend, I say I'll do just that. If you fold, I'll show you my hand. But instead, he sat there studying me for a minute, taking little breaks to peek under his cards and count up his chips. Ultimately, he said, That's awfully nice of you to offer high sheriff, son of a bitch, or whatever you call yourself. But I'd rather take your money than take your life. Cause frankly, I doubt I could get anything near 20 bucks from your filthy hat at the pawn shop. Especially with a hole in it. Kinda chuckling to himself, he pushed a stack of chips forward to meet my own. (laughs) Then he reached over and snapped up one of my mozzarella sticks without even saying please or thank you very much. And he stuffed it in his rotten pie hole right in front of me. And it seemed to me just then, my method might not have been quite as rock solid as I had first thought. In fact, I could feel my osteopathic massage slipping right out from between my fingers. Oh, good gravy, Oates said. This is silly. I'm out. And both he and the quiet guy folded their hands. It was between me and Stinky now, and whoever the victor, I had a feeling things were gonna get hairy. He flipped the fourth, then the final card, a three and a five, hearts and diamonds. Then he watched my face for whatever he was hoping to see there. Naturally I gave him nothing. Suck on this, high sheriff and then he turned over his own cards a king of clubs and an ace of spades three of a kind how you like that kicker boys (laughs) and he watched me again waiting for good old yours truly to concede defeat so i let a few seconds go by just for effect you understand then i picked up my cards and just held them there you know fella i've been sheriff of this town for 20 years and if there's one thing I've learned in all this time about dealing with hinky Brunos like yourself, it's this. You can catch more flies with shit than you can with honey. And I don't know if that was Confucius or Socrates or Shatner or whoever said that, but... Turn them over, shit weasel. Turn em over and let everyone here see what your sorry ass went all in on. So I did just that. A two of hearts and a six of spades. Now, I'm not sure my catching flies with shit metaphor was the most apt you've ever heard, but I was pretty sure of two things. For starters, how to count from two to six, and second, that a straight beat three of a kind. You sorry city kitty, smoky bear, son of a high son of a bitch. The hall fella stood up from the table and pulled his piece out. I don't care what the hell you've got, going all in with a two and a six. You think this is some kind of game, Smokey? Well, you and I are heading outside to settle this right now, like men." His friends there seemed disappointed, but offered no protest. The Hall fellow was clearly the head hinkster of this trio, and he was the one calling the shots. And without Dingle here to watch my back for me, it was time for me to play my last card. Still, I checked over my shoulder at the door first, because I had a pretty good feeling we might have some company pretty soon. Now you just hold on right there, I said. You just hold your damn horses, because I'm afraid you're the one who thought this was a game. You're the one who thought a perfectly honorable 20 year upstanding officer of the law would just sit down with a few hinky bikers and just play cards like it wasn't nothing. Well, I've got news for you, Mr. Poopy Pants. All three of you are under arrest for illegal gambling. And now you can add a charge for brandishing a weapon at a police officer. And add on to that for public hinkiness and for smelling like a goddamn oil refinery in public. And maybe also for impersonating hollin' oats while you're at it. Why you filthy cheating goddamn! And that's when it finally happened. Just the very second Mister Poopy was thumbing back the hammer on his revolver, the swinging door of Laundry's Saloon parted modestly, then widely, respectively producing my dignified deputy and his more substantial counterpart.
1: You all right, God Goddamn!
2: Dingle pulled his piece out and went for Hall. Hall switched his aim from me to Dingle, which gave me enough time to pull my own piece. It also spawned a fire under Yolanda's ass that sent her into high overdrive, and all of a sudden she was moving in a manner that defied her size. Don't you dare point that in my man, motherfucker! Hall's gun went off, but no sooner than Yolanda dove in front of him. She squealed as the bullet hit her in midair. And she hit the ground like a downed elephant. I felt the floorboards lift beneath my feet. Dingle returned fire. Three shots in quick succession. The first hit the Hall fella in the chest. The second knocked an L.A. gear sneaker off a bookshelf. And the third went right into the ceiling. Both Dingle and the Hall fella were on their backs. Dingle, because he couldn't handle his firearm, and the Hall fella because it seemed he had just lost his last hand. The other two at the table were just kind of sitting there watching, like two helpless young hinksters who had lost their big Bruno.
1: Ah, shoo!
2: Said Oates. Yolanda! Dingle scrambled onto his feet and ran to her side.
1: Oh God, are you all right? Where'd he hit you?
2: <sighs> oh baby, she said weakly. She lifted a shaking hand to put it within his own. He took it white motherfucker done not ruin my damn manicure. It was true. One of her long bejeweled nails had been completely annihilated. Well, goddamn, I said. Did he hit you anywhere else? Ain't that bad enough, she said. Shit cost me $40 plus tip, motherfucker. At the sound of the motorcycle starting out front, I turned back to the table and saw Oates and his maladjusted brother had twenty-three skidooed. Liberace had been the first to notice, though, and was already by the table, munching on my last mozzarella stick. Well, goddamn, Mr. Laundry said. You know, Dingle, the pioneering spirit is decidedly American, like all those prospecting fellas who traversed the Oregon Trail all those years ago. I can imagine them trudging through the wilds, fending off all sorts of wildlife and Indians, doing all sorts of funny shit. And you know what, Dingle? Maybe they weren't always available for the ones who needed them most, but how can you hold that against them? All they were doing is what their spirit commanded them to do, Dingle. Seeking their fortunes, exploring the unknown, maybe even eating at the Y from time to time, He'd joined me back in my cruiser while Yolanda sought medical care at split-tail hair, nails, and jerky. It might not have been precisely the personal day he'd hoped for, but if there's one thing I'd learned in over two decades of Law and Order, it has to be this. The lodestars of justice need to shine bright 24-7. They have to, cause among the ever-present forces of darkness in our little town, God knows Dingle and I are the only ones around here keeping the lights on. I guess what I'm trying to say, Dingle, is I forgive you, because all you were doing out there today was answering the call of the human spirit, and you know what? You still answered my call, too. Ain't that right, Deputy? Ain't that just as right as right can be? Well, suppose so, Sheriff. Sheriff even though you really didn't have to be playing cards with a bunch of... But I shut them up real quick by ruffling through the $80 I took from the table. I flipped halfway through, and before God Almighty, I peeled off two crisp 20s and handed them to Dingle. Because while Dingle's ass may depend on mine for its very existence, the deputy remains the keystone over my doorway to greatness. Not to say I'm not great already, you understand. All I'm saying is I appreciated it.
1: Well, thanks, Sheriff. I knew there was something wrong by the way you were talking.
2: Well, you've always had an ear for subtlety, Dingle. And that ought to take care of Yolanda's manicure there, seeing as it was just the one nail affected. A long nail, but just the one. And maybe there'll even be enough left over afterward for a couple's osteopathic massage. Then I considered things a moment and peeled off another ten just to be sure. There, I said. That ought to cover it. Why the extra ten, Sheriff? Well, I just figured with Yolanda there's a lot to massage. What's that, Sheriff? Well, nothing really, Dingle. I'm just thinking in terms of square footage here. Surface area, know what I mean? I'm not sure I'm picking up what you're putting down, Sheriff. Oh, that's alright, I said. And all in all it was. Because thirty bucks was ten more than I'd started a day with there was one less hinky Bruno the world had to worry about, and as far as I was concerned, goats were still welcome at Laundry Saloon. See, you can hardly penalize an old man like Mr. Laundry for keeping livestock in his restaurant when all he's trying to do is get by. Hell, when it comes down to it, there's probably a law against leaving your Halloween decorations up for months after the fact. But if there's one thing I've learned in all my years of law enforcement, and believe me, there are a couple of them, it's this. In the never-ending struggle for justice, some laws are just more important to enforce than others. Finders keepers, for instance, because Mr. Poopypants had a pretty nice Harley parked outside, and you can't very well feed that to laundry's pigs, can you? No, that would be a plain waste. See, we pioneering types have a long, treacherous road to follow, and when that road gets extra curvy, your best bet is to step down on that outside peg and lean right into it. So, how's the food at Laundry's anyway? Dingle asked. Well, Dingle, I'm not exactly qualified to give it as a gat rating, but I'll say this much. The mozzarella sticks are good enough for a goat, the decor is great for a shoe store, and if you play your cards straight, the clientele are awfully generous. Dingle raised an eyebrow at me and for a second there I knew just what it felt like to be a tricky algebra problem. And that's no big surprise. See, as much as we do have in common, you know what they say about men, some men drink cheap beer and toss their cans in the street. Others sip red wine and drink their malt whiskey neat. Now, I can't tell you exactly which great philosopher of our time came up with that one, but I can certainly tell you this. I'll give it a good think while I'm driving home on my new Harley. You've been listening to Goat's Welcome by Jeff Sturdivant. A good reminder to use your personal days sparingly. Whether it's destiny calling, your own pioneering spirit, or simply a friend in need, you don't want to get caught having your knob adjusted. <laughs> A little about the author. Jeff Sturdivant is a nosy peeper who ought to keep to his own damn business. You can find some of his audiobooks at flexfiction.com. But the best place to find them is probably right here on Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. He's a company man, you understand. And while you're at it, please remember to stop by our iTunes page or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. It helps more than you might think, and I'd really appreciate it. To hear a premium ad-free edition of tonight's and all our other episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen. You'll find yourself at chillintalesfordarknights.com where you can become a patron for as little as $5 per month and get access to our entire audio archive dating all the way back to 2012 including past episodes of this program and all our other shows, and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. Thank you for your time and for supporting our sponsors. When you support our sponsors, you help support this show. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all our latest updates and new releases You'll find me personally on Facebook and Twitter, as well as Instagram. Well, friend, I'm afraid this is where we part ways, at least till next time. So grab a drink for the road, but remember, never lose control of your faculties. It's undignified. So may the wind be at your back. May a road rise up to meet you. And whatever we get up to next week, make sure you're here to meet me. You know, if there's one thing I've learned in 19 episodes of Drew Blood's Dark Tales, it's this. Listening is an art form in itself. Same as writing and narrating. And all of us together, I'd say we paint a pretty nice picture. Good night, y'all.
3: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: com.
0: Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why.
1: I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing.